We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. You made one of the great songs of 90s R&B, Ghetto Heaven. Take me to the recording of that song. First of all, we had delivered the album before we wrote that song. We were signed to Atlantic and we got it to them. Hey, they want another song. So I know we didn't have much time to come up with this joint. So we start. we're in a car and we're just thinking, these are musicians talking. Mm-hmm. They just want nursery rhymes. <laughs> So we're like, oh, nursery. I was like, yeah, like, you know, I'm doing that. And then, and uh, the beginning is a nursery rhyme. Come on, think about the melody. That's the melody. No, I love my baby. No, I love my baby. My baby Baby loves loves me. me. Why not? Sandra St. Victor is the lead singer of the family stand and the woman behind the seminal 90s classic. Ghetto Heaven. She's a legendary singer and songwriter who knows everything about singing. I mean, like, singing. So if you really want to learn what singing is all about, you done came to the right place. It's the legend, Sandra St. Victor, on Touré Show. Ghetto Heaven. I can hear it in my head, even though I haven't actually heard it in the world <laughs> in a minute, because it's like, yeah. bam, in there. Yeah. Take me first to the recording of that song. Mm. Like, what is that? I assume it's at night, <laughs> right? Where, right. when, what was it like? Did you yeah. have any idea that you had something, or did it sort of happen in the mix? Okay, both. Because, first of all, we, we, we had def- delivered the album before we wrote that song. We delivered the album. On, we were signed to Atlantic. Merlin Bob, Sylvia Rohn. Sylvia Rohn. Okay, so uh, and Merlin was basically our direct dude. So we brought him the album. He, he and Sylvia listened to it. Then Merlin sat down. It was what we loved the album. The album's great. But. No hits. But we need a hit. We need a hit. That, that, I hear that a lot. They, right, no, I'm they, sure. Artists sure. turn in a record, and then they say, we need one more, and the last song is the That's smash. the one. So, right. I've heard it, too. But I, I don't know what other artists' experiences are in that situation, but I know what, what ours was. <laughs> ours was, we felt like we were a soul, like, funk rock group. Mm-hmm. And that's basically, that's the album we delivered. Um, that's how we had developed um, uh, and and so we were on the car in the car on the way back after that meeting, 
And, you know, we're a little, we're a little salty, you know? Or you're upset that they... Well, I'm saying, you, I mean, you, you just delivered your babies. And somebody said, you know, those are cute, but you got another one? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, okay, okay. So, okay, we got another baby. You want to just go make a baby? Like, that's what it is. Just go make a baby. You know, you just want to go in the studio and do it. That's basically what you're telling us to do, to go in the studio and do it. So now, all right. So on the way back, we're thinking about that. Um, is there, in that situation, is there a deadline? Is it like you have a week, you have a month? Um, I don't remember a specific deadline, but I know it was quickly. I know we had to get it to them because when we had delivered that album, we were already at looking at the time frame for, we had a limited time frame to put the record out. This was when we were supposed to get to the album, to, the, the album completed to them, and we got it to them. Hey, they want another song. So I know we didn't have much time to come up with this joint. This is probably a couple of days, if if that. I mean, maybe it was the next time. Really, it was quite, it was very fast. So we start, we're in a car, and we're just thinking, um, you know, they just want, these are musicians talking. Mm-hmm. Okay? They just want nursery rhymes. <laughs> So we're like, oh, nursery. I was like, yeah, like, you know, I'm doing that. And then, and uh, the beginning is a nursery rhyme. Come on, think about the melody. That's the melody. Come on, it's a nursery rhyme. Yeah. So, you know, we get back, you know, Pete's starting. So Pete's, you know, gets on the piano. We've actually written several songs as jokes. And this is one of them. So he started out doing that and he started, he started um, playing. He says, no, I love my baby. Because he thinks that's a nursery rhyme lyric. My baby loves me. Right, it's right, a nursery right. rhyme. But the, before you even get to that, it's like, so before, before you even get to baby but loves me, he's like, no, I love my baby. What should be the next line? I'm like, let's say it again. <laughs> right. No, I love my baby. No, I love my baby. My baby, baby loves, loves me. me. Yeah, why not? Baby loves me. And then, you know, Pete can go. You know, so Pete, he started. So he brings in what what we did, honestly, in that session. Um, and this is just the session of the piano and vocal first, right? Um, we brought ourselves into what began as, as like just a, a something to placate a label, a record label. Because we didn't really believe that was a hit. We thought we got hits. They just don't hear it. Okay. There's, oh. there's, there's bangers on there. You just got to let the people hear it. Um, but okay, fine. We'll give y'all what y'all want. So we, we try to do that. But then, as a, as a creative, and you're in that in that creative space, it's really difficult not to 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 put yourself, your real self, in there. Mm-hmm. You know, even where it doesn't matter where it's coming from, but you gotta, you will put your real self in there. What do you think you are not? So we started. Of course, it turned into like a socially conscious. Um, Sort of celebrating our ghetto, you know, celebrating us as being who we are, where we're from, and um, and 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 seeing the the divinity in that, you know, and it, because the fact the fact is, my song ended up being three vignettes of stories, like particular stories in the hood. But there's you know, there's all this other stuff that we we always. Uh, what we talked about, we know, and uh, based on um, how how we as black folk have had to all over the diaspora, we've had to to just we we build from the sand, we build from the earth. I mean, whatever you hand us, we make it work, and mm-hmm. um, you know that red dirt is in our blood. You know, so yeah, red dirt don't mean nothing. Dirt don't mean nothing. You know, what I mean, so we we find a way to thrive, and we find that we. 
uh, heaven is is being your true self. You know, that's our divinity. No matter where you come from, that divinity is 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 being your true self. And that's what that song is about. That's what was was brilliant about that is a whole nother piece of it. But when Common did that song later, mm-hmm. Common uh, covered it with D'Angelo and Macy Gray. Mm-hmm. And when he said, find heaven in yourself and God, I'm like, oh my God, he, he got it. Find heaven in yourself and God, find heaven in yourself and God. I was like, he, this dude is there. All right. He felt that. So wait, you come up with that initial nursery rhyme bit. Right. And so then what then happens? Then we go to the then we go to because Jeff V. Jeffrey Smith, the other third member, he was, you know, he's like like the beat master. He's the studio guy. So, you know, Jeff Pete is the piano guy. I'm like the vocal arrangement and, you know, lyric Peter's, you know. Um, so we call Peter the visionary, <laughs> you know. Uh we get to the studio. And I've never admitted this in a conversation live, but but so the baseline because beat, uh, Jeff had a, a beat going for it, um, and I was a really big Cool Mo D fan back then. Mm-hmm. So he had a song called Wild Wild West. So right, so I love that bass. I said I want the I want the baseline to remind me of Wild Wild West. So you know, so I mean, that's that's what I baseline it though. His was the dum dum dum, dum ba dum ba dum boom boom. Yeah. So I wanted something that felt that wicked and nasty to me. So that's how we got that baseline. Come on, come after me because it's okay. It's, it's just reminiscent of. It's, it's not a, a sample. A, clearly not a sample. Okay, we all creatives up in, but anyway. So um, that's so the studio became just uh, coming up with the the track um, to fit what started out as as you know a cackle and ended up being a moment and a, um, also probably and I can admit this and I will thank the label uh, probably like uh, showing us how we can take our socially conscious uh, I hate to say it sounds so corny but socially conscious. You know, uh, creative expression and uh, more mainstream. How did you come? I mean, I know you said the meaning of the chorus, but how did you get to the chorus part? Okay, so so, um, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so it was the ghetto. We 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 recorded. Understand, we could recorded this because we hadn't got to the chorus by the time we got to the studio. Where we recorded the song. You should know Ebbets Fields. Remember Ebbets Fields? Project? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, where the Brooklyn Dodgers used to Bridget, play. Thank you. The dot. So Jeff, Jeff's apartment was on like the, the 11th, the gazillion floor. <laughs> 11th. And in, in Ebbets Fields. And that's what we recorded, like, Ghetto Heaven. So we just looking out the window and, the you know, and just, and, and Jeff's, Three little babies and diapers is running out around, and you know you hear kick a cack and then outside the window we're just all that's where we recorded that shit. So this your you know you isn't is you're just surrounded by your your life and your your air and your space are your surroundings. So that really just kind of came about is you know um, so like a ghetto song, but. Yo, we ain't mad. <laughs> you know, we have a lot to be angry about. 
But we find we that that anger somehow seems to fuel, like you know this. Uh, not and I don't want to say not feeling and not painful because we all we we feel the shit. But it that that anger gives us it elevates us. It's um it, it just elevates us because we can now you understand without pure anger there cannot be pure freedom. You know what I mean? And so that's that's that song feels like that's what that's where the lyrics came from. You know, and in the in the being that they became vignettes. Now we got to come up with stories to tell that. To 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 parlay that 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 those Im- that that imagery, so you know, yeah, sister needs a sugar man to get her through the day. That's real, you know. Yeah, and and she figures out how to way to find heaven in herself and God, and and um, what is her God? That's her. That's for her to tell, you know. And I could do that peach brandy thing. Okay, that was all me. you know. So um, drinking peach brandy, you know, listening to the radio. I lived that life, man. That was not me drinking the peach brandy, but being around sure. my family, doing all that. So all that stuff was just real, you know, and it just came out of talking about it and, and writing it lyrics. It starts kind of, I want to say peacefully almost, right? In a sort yeah. of sweet way. Yeah. But it builds into sort of that classic... 90s R&B, which is bringing in some hip-hop elements, right. some scratching, right. some Ex- sort of like exactly. some exactly. sampling, some... Yeah. Ah, ah, right, ah, yes, ah, yes, yes, yes. Yes, so so, so the, the remix that everybody recognizes is um, Jazzy B and Nelly Hooper, right? Soul okay. to Soul. Soul to Soul. Oh so you understand this is 90... This is when Soul to Soul was, you know, they were the kings and, and gods and goddesses of all this all this whole thing, this whole beginning of, you know. Oh, my God. Neil Soul, you know what I mean? They so, were so amazing. They were awesome. So up in those, yeah. Um, so so our version already had the James Brown samples. Our version already came with that, like, that, that with that, that foot that's going to give you the hip-hop, right? And then Jazzy B took it and did and added these like he's, that piece. I thought that was brilliant. Those chords at the change because now it's it's setting you up. It's putting you back. It puts you in the cut. Yep. Okay. And then it goes suck down, down, suck down, 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 down. Okay. And then hits you right there. And then you're all in it. Uh, and where we exactly where we want to be in your spirit. In the hood. Dancing. Dancing in, in the, the hood. hood. Being your being your. Living your best life, just chilling, doing your thing, and that—that's what the song was about. We wanted you to feel good, but we also always want you to hear something. We want you to receive a word. <laughs> it's the at, what, at what point in the writing and recording were you starting to say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, this is that hit that they thought that they didn't have"? To tell you the truth, I, we didn't really think they would get that. You didn't think that they would dig it at all. No, no. Just honestly, because of the orange origins, we we because it started out as a cackle, you know. Even though, again, like I said, I don't think because what we do so naturally is find a way to to say what we want to say. So we found a way to say what we wanted to say, but we're still looking at it as the original cackle, right? But we did that. But we look at it. Okay, let's yeah, let's give them this. That's what y'all want. This is what y'all want to hear. Fine. Hey, there you go. Mm. Your little joke song, and they were like, "Now that's the." We're like, "What? Wait, what? Really?" <laughs> oh, oh, oh. We was just, 
We're just, we're just playing. All right. We were um, just messing with y'all. But Sylvia and them were like, that's, that's a hit. It. That's interesting that they recognized before. I mean, like, why some people are the executives and why some people are the artists. Seriously. Because they no, were no. right. They we were could, right. We I could look can down give on the them, suits. I can say that sincerely. I mean, we could look down on the suits all we want, all but we sometimes, they sometimes they are right. And, and they were right. The music ears. And I mean, you know, Sylvia's dope as well. I mean, yes. but but uh, it was more Merlin Bob. He was, the, he was the ears of that that department. Merlin Bob was the ears of that. But Bar, the, uh, Merlin used to, he used to be a DJ with. Oh my God, Terry, you know this too. Oh my God, why is my memory so bad? But so, so, so there was a, I think it's Paradise Garage. It's all these clubs downtown. Mm. Shelter, the shelter, sorry. The shelter. The shelter. So Merlin used to DJ at, at the shelter all the time with this other prominent producer just for fun and kicks and giggles. So Merlin, like, he's a music, he's a music dude, okay? So he knew how to, like, you know, kind of show you, you know, stuff in a way that didn't feel like he was trying to be that dude, but he did. He he taught. He did. He did. He he did a couple of things that were that really changed the course of of that of our group. You know, and um, you know that kind of thing is like okay, I can respect that. You know, I respect I respect Ahmed Erdogan. You know what I mean? You know, for sign for signing a crazy ass weirdo group like that like us. You know, what I mean, mm. this is, you know, it was Atlantic at that time. Mm. It was, um, Ahmed Erdogan is one of the legendary. Yeah, I've, uh, you know, well, I'm, I'm saying Ahmed, uh, yeah, but so over at Warner. But him, Bob Krasnow. Bob Krasnow assigned me over to lecture. Bob Krasnow loved him some black women. Focus. <laughs> he loved him some. I'm going all off on a tangent, but no, Bob signed Anita Baker. He signed he signed Tracy Chapman. He signed Natalie Cole. He signed, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, so Bob signed Lisa Fisher. He signed me. He signed Anita Baker. I mean, he was into. That's a crazy list. Hello. Okay, so the man just loved women, you know, black women voices. Um, he just felt it. He heard it. He, and he would support them, you know. It was all good. Were you, so when it blew up, were you like, oh, surprised? Absolutely. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> you know, because we had an album out before that. You know, so we, you know, you know, we knew that uh, the, the stakes are high because, you know, in the second album, the first album don't do nothing. The label's going to look at you funny. Second album, we got that. But still, you know, you're just like, whatever happens, happens. We're, we're going to, we're basically at the beginning of a uh, FamSan career. So we weren't really, you know, we're just ready. We're ready to do whatever got to do, you know, work it out. Without, you know. So I'm hoping through this we can shed some light for folks on what it is to be a professional singer for yeah. a long time. Yes. Help us understand the difference between performing your craft in the studio, in the booth, and right. on the stage. Because it's different. It is very different. Uh, and you do have to think about uh, both of them for me. Well. I have to think about them both in in both mediums, but uh, in the studio, you really you're 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 uh, you want to as a professional, you want to make sure you get down your idea, uh, uh, vocally and emotionally, mm-hmm. as best you can, and 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 technically, 
you know, to the highest of your your ability, right? You want to try to get all that on the record. Um, but I, I did have to, coming from like, you know, colleges and opera and all that, I, I, I had to learn to reel myself in a bit in the studio so that the priority was the, the was the the song, the message, the 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 feeling. What does it feel like? Am I am I am I am I emoting? Because if I haven't made you feel what I feel, I have failed. Okay, so that is the most consistent thing. I want that on stage, and I want that in studio. But in studio, your precision your precision is is everything. Um, making sure you, you you tell that melodic story because you want people to feel comfortable enough to possibly sing along if they want. You want them to hear your lyrics, so you want to enunciate well. Mm. So you need to think about okay, if if I'm you know marbling, just warbling warbling my words, they're not gonna you know they may not get it, and folks don't read lyrics anymore. So True. Uh, you know this is a YouTube lyric video, but on stage. So now I've done that in the studio. Now I'm on stage. I need to. I, I need to. I, I need you here with me now. Now I want this to be a conversation. I want. I'm. I'm you know what I mean. I want every person in that audience to know where who I am. You know. I want to. I, I want to feel like I'm getting to know you by your responses. So I'm gonna try uh, to do the best technical job that I can as well. Always. So I'm at peak craft. Mm. At the same time, um, my most important experience is making sure me and you, you know, we vibing. We're on the same page. I want to make sure that you feeling what I'm saying. You getting this? Mm-hmm. You get the story. You get the whole vibe. You get you get the whole the whole scene that I'm staging here. You have to the singing is the in, thing in both venues. You are trying to communicate your feelings to the audience yeah all my feelings but, and my, my thoughts yeah but you said in the studio precision in the on the stage more what would be the word i i guess i'm gonna have to say uh more presence mm. okay because i need to be there for you i can't be all in my head now you you know not i can't be i'm not saying you know miles just turns back to it all and he didn't give a shit about that, that piece of it. But I, I really do, you know. Um, you came out to see me? Well, let me see you. <laughs> no, you came out to feel me? Yo, let me feel you. So that's a, that's part of it for me. Uh, when I'm on stage, I want to I I be in the, in the moment with you. I'm, I want to enjoy it just as much as you. And, I, in, and the way that I do that for, for me is... is uh, um, is is reaching into into like the the furthest reaches of my um, uh, yeah it's like kundalini energy I, I come up from there so I can I can wrap an audience into my experience I want you to feel what I'm feeling if you're kundalini on stage then what are you in the booth ooh well I I am kundalini in the booth. <laughs> That's actually a true. That's that's factual. But I do know that if I felt something and I and really right uh, inside that part of me, uh, but it wasn't technically right, I'm gonna want to do it again. So usually in the studio, my head will went out unless I'm in a, unless I'm in the in a in a in a, a session with with Mark Batson or V. Jeffrey Smith, who says 
nah, you not doing that again. That was dope. <laughs> no, no, that felt too good. I don't care if you hit that. No. How wrong. many takes do you normally? Oh, need? I'll do a lot if you let me. I'll, I'll ten. Oh, uh, yeah. It could honestly, yeah. Well, when I'm by myself in my own studio, oh, I'll do that fifty times. I'll just keep, you know, until I get it exactly the way I want it. Now, if I'm in the studio, with folks, you know, then then I have another ear that's helping me narrow that down. Do you do pieces or the sing it the whole way through? It depends on the song. It really depends on the song. Um, some songs it, it works to to sing through, and then maybe go back and fix a couple of things. Um, usually what I'd like to do when I'm in, when I'm in the studio, like I've, I've written a song, um, I, 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 I do, like I write, I write choruses first because I think the chorus, you know, if I write the verse first, then I go, okay, so what is this song about? What? I should have known what the song was about before I wrote the verse. Right. So I start with the chorus and, um, and, and I tell the story and in the booth, I also do that because you, you built, it gives me something in what I'm singing the verse I know I'm, I'm. I'm. This is where I'm going. That chorus is right there. I've, 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 I've layered it. You know, I got the right vibe. So I'm, I'm, it gives me a place to start that verse from. When you say write, yeah, you don't actually mean pen and paper. I need pen and paper. Oh, you do. I do. I start writing on on. I do on like because usually I'm rolling, so I'm, I'm. I do it on notes on the iPhone. But you know, when I when I get back to a space, I, I'd like to write it out because again, it said that. That tassel, you know, I need to feel it. Feel I need it. to feel it. One thing I noticed is that some, it's very few songs start with the chorus. But, yeah. But those that do, mm-hmm. especially Beyonce, can really rock because you're coming to the chorus. I'm already for, in. 45 hard. seconds in, I'm getting the chorus for the second time. Right. I'm like, yo, I, I I'm know this feeling song. this. Right, right. Whereas... But but I think it's probably like ninety percent of songs it's start the with the verse. The other way around. Why why is that? And I mean, especially yeah. in the era of Beyonce, right? She succeeded with that strategy many times, and I would have thought some people would say, "Yo, that's really working to start with the chorus." Yeah, but but hardly anybody does that. The the, the bottom line is that what works for somebody doesn't work for somebody else. Sure. And, uh, but it's a good strategy. It's a good strategy because there's science behind music. You know, it's geometry, it's, it's numbers, it's math. You know, but but it, the thing is, like, it depends on that chorus. So, you know, uh, there's there some choruses that 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 don't need explanation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that was the chorus. You don't need explanation to say all oh, the single ladies, all oh, the single ladies. You don't need a you don't need explanation that that right. that is straight up. That's that's a mainstream like pop ass. You can't hammer hook. Come on, hammer. Thank you. So she doesn't need. And then she can go in and, and then break it down for you in the verses. Sometimes you need to build a story, and that's that's cool too. Because you know you build you know you get you you build a chorus. I'm ooh, we're gonna again. I'm just showing my age all week. So you know you got the, uh, the, the I'm thinking of the verse of Brown Sugar, and then when you get to the the, the choruses, Brown Sugar Bay, hot, you know what I mean. So now you you've already heard what you think Brown Sugar is, uh, and you know it's that like song a, it, it, builds it builds to the, to chorus, the chorus, and when right. you get to the chorus, you get the release. That's it. So I, and it wouldn't that song would not work if you for, start with the chorus. No, because it's, it feels good. You know, the groove is there. Mm-hmm. But just to totally bring you into a story, um, I think it's I think it's nice to 
it, it's, I think it's, it's uh, for me, it, it works most of the time. I have done that chorus first time, some, some, sometimes. I, but it works better for me to like interest you. I want, when, when I start singing those lyrics, I want that one eyebrow raised. Okay. And not just for, oh, she's, oh, what does she say? What that, she sounds good, but what does she say? <laughs> you know, and and then maybe get on the edge of your seat and then work and work and work to the story. So you want you me. want to entice and and bring me in and then hit me with the chorus. Correct. Now that could be a, a terrible career strategy. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, but my whole life, you know, I'm I'm improvisational. <laughs> my whole life is improvisational. What's the difference between a good singer and a great singer? Good. I, um, this is controversial, but and and maybe a little elitist. But for me, you know, I think you're born great, and you can become good. You're born great, but you can make you can you can build yourself to good. Absolutely, to very good, to to awesome. But, but, but the great is royalty. It was born that way. I. I it couldn't have been anything but. I'm for in my in my perspective. Well, because of the fact that I do believe. I do believe there's um, the, um, the the it's not us, you know. Um, it's like I believe our children choose us; they choose to come through us. Yeah, we all start us, you know. The kids chose these are the parents I need for, and the parents may not even stay together, but these I just need y'all to make this happen, right? So is art. So are songs. So are songs melodies. choose you. They come through you, you know, um, and then of course, I mean, as you, as you begin to to sort of accept that and um, embrace embrace that, then yeah, it, then you realize, okay, that that who I am. But well, I'm talking about as a very young child, not growing up in a particularly culturally rich, you know, home. I was just hardworking Southern parents. I already knew. You know, when I was very, very young, what I wanted to sing about, and uh, I was writing songs. From how old? You know, I still well, I started playing piano at two. Uh, I wrote. What? I started. Yeah, I know. I I, I played Joy to the World. But Before I you could really talk, I couldn't talk. But I I they said I was you know on that piano. They, they used to put me up on the, my auntie. She had a piano in the house, and she said, you know, they were, because the whole family's musical, they all playing, and and I said, they, I was trying to climb up there, so they put me on the stool, and I and I started playing the scale on the piano, and the scale, uh, Joy to the World is basically a, a, a major scale from one octave down to the next octave, and I, they said, I started doing it, ding, 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 George to the world. I thought it was George. That's what they tell George me. to the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I so, was told. Do you, I know it's art, I know it's art, but do you have a greatest singer of all time or a top three or a top five? Wow, that's, you know, yeah, that's, you know, it's art, yeah. But I mean, in different, in different mediums, you know, um, I always say, I always say Ella Fitzgerald's mom Right, Ella uh, Fitzgerald is is mom. That's my, that's my mom. She's the mother. My, that's my musical. It's the first uh, female vocalist that I really just 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 melted wow. into. Yeah, 
Um, and then Sarah Vaughn. Mm. Um, and then and then when I uh, got more into listening to you know radio and that sort of thing, then it became more like Gladys Knight, who was also born on May twenty eighth. By the way, it's my birthday. Wow. So Gladys Knight, um, and of course Shaka, of mm. course you know. Phyllis Hyman, I love those voices. Now, but before I honestly, before I got to those those people, I was already heavily into Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. and uh, my favorite group is Earth on the Fire. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I, I was I was more into male vocalists than Donny Hathaway. You know, Sugarfoot. From the Ohio players, I was more I, I I identified more with 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 that. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. I did a poll on 
Twitter, I think this must have been seven, eight years ago, just asking my people, who's the greatest male singer of all time? And Donny Hathaway was the number one name that came back at me. And I love him, but I was surprised. Yeah. Um, uh, he's, he is, I mean, Come on. extraordinary. He's the GOAT. I mean. The, he's the, the GOAT. For me, personally, greatest singer of all time is Nina Simone. Oh. Not the technical singer of I know the, the women you made, but the feeling. About. I mean, yeah, she yeah. reached it into your soul yeah, and rips you, it out. She? And the first time I really took her seriously, I think I had heard her around a little bit. Mom yeah. was more into Motown than into Nina. Right, stuff. right, right. So I remember I got, the, I must have borrowed the CD from one of my, I had two <laughs> female roommates in my early 20s. One I must have borrowed the CD yeah, and I put it on, I was 24 and I listened to about 60 seconds of it, and I stopped it because it was too much. I get it was, that. It was painful. It was melancholy. It was too—I don't even remember which song it was. Right. But it was too—I was too yeah, young. Yeah. to. And it was like, this emotion is too much, which right. reminded me of, like, um, uh, Yesterday— yeah, oh. Used to come on the radio when I was a kid. I'm like, this song is too much. This song rips me apart. And I had to put the Nina away and come back to it like a year later. And I'm like, okay, now I'm a little older. Now I'm able to deal with this. Right. But the when you talk about communicating a feeling. Yes. Oh, oh my, my goodness. God. Oh, oh, Nina. Nina, Nina will get up in there. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> on and off stage. Okay, mm-hmm. she was the real deal. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, what makes her so great? Uh, yeah, being uh, her her uh, una- being unafraid, her, mm. her unabashed courage. Her, mm. I mean, in 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 her personal life and stage life, uh, she nothing was going to stop Nina Simone. From telling you the truth, from showing you her truth, from being that she just, um, and 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 she uh, she understood her flaws, but they weren't the point. Okay, mm-hmm. so the point is, this is who I am. Um, this is who I am, and you accept that, or you know what, not, and that's all. That we, it was it was okay. But I'm not saying because the, we. When I talk about women in this fashion, I always get afraid that people think women are just invulnerable. We should be treated. We all, we all should be treated like superheroes. We are, you know, we're people. Uh, we are not superheroes, but we definitely have developed a capacity to stand our stand a, a certain ground um, uh, in, in a, a very strong stance and 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 show a face of this is. Not gonna happen. That I don't want to happen. Uh, I can deal with this on my own if I have to. Uh, this is uh, is I, I will be me without a problem. So, you know, even when she's just singing about love, there's a different I know. sound. And oh a different yes, tone. is she overly nasal? Like, what is different about her sound? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, it- so musicians sing differently. If you think about people that 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 are instrumentalists, like you know, uh, virtuoso. She's a Pianist, virtuoso. Oh my okay. God. So she's coming from that place. It's not the same place, but really it's coming from as a singer. And Nina came from that place where you're, it's just the sound. So uh, it's not about trying to, you know. Very blunt sound. Yeah, it's a sound. Okay. She's singing like 
Uh, I'm I'm getting this note and this li- this word out there right now, right just like this. Okay, kind, so of, how, kind, of, kind of talking, but yeah, not. yes, yes, yes. But so yeah, so if you think of Nina, uh, if you've seen interviews of her, especially when she's you know, Older. okay, <laughs> not <laughs> fucking around. No, right? Because she goes there, and you you hear her singing because now she's just putting more precise notes. To what she's saying, and she wrote what she meant to say, Mississippi. God damn! Oh my god! Okay, oh my she god. meant to say that, just like that, and that's <sighs> how she said it. And so, uh, yeah, so there is a big difference in how she's saying. It's not like you said. It's not uh, no, no. It's not about some some technical, you know, this precision and uh, you know, which is all beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. That wasn't what she was trying to do. Didn't care. Didn't want to do that. But she got to people. That's that's something about the stage. You know, but she did it on records on stage. But yeah. it's just if you if you if you're not getting the people, they ain't feeling what you're feeling. You worked closely with another of the greatest singers of all time, Shaka Khan. Yeah, who will make you feel it, but has an entirely different strategy mm-hmm. than Nina Simone. I mean, like big, huge voice. You talk about born. <laughs> I mean, she's like you know, like like a she's like a she's athletic. Yes, yes, she's unreal. She's actually unreal. Yeah, she, you know, and, and, and when she started singing, she was at that that age where we all we all feel invulnerable, and and there's a, you know, when you get older, you get more cautious and more thoughtful about the little things you do. And she be she was in she was in the position to. Uh, to to be in the in 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 a in a, an environment with Rufus that just allowed her to in those teenage years sing just sing on a mic with grown ass men you know what from I mean way back in the throat yeah. right oh she sings from well it come let her tell it no she's you know because she was telling me you know when I first started working with her you know you need to squeeze your butt cheeks together. what did that do she was right because she said if you can sing because I sing very low she's like if you can sing that low you can sing high too so she's the one that really got me to think about my upper register and she's right because when you do that because people tell you 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 got to sing from your diaphragm that's part of it it's all the body but squeezing the butt cheeks cheeks automatically gives you the the diaphragmatic support Mm. but, but it gives you it in a, from a deeper place, from that kundalini energy. So I'm just telling you, when you're in that space and you come up from there with notes, with vibrations, with with sound, trust, you know, it will it it will pierce you, it, and that's what she. But not to not to shortchange what that woman has in her throat. No, not at all. Because that's what that woman has in her throat. Is that's just born God given five octave? No, it's just easily. Six. Yeah, she got yeah, she got about five and a half six. You know, because she's, but the, it's you know a lot of us got lots of octaves, but she has power throughout all of them that no one else has. Okay, not that she got the same power in her like normal you know chest register, speaking register like that C one C two to that she has. All the way up in her head voice, up the A above high C. I mean, she can. St- I'm like, what? Is- Open your mouth. What you got in there? <laughs> what you got in there, girl? Are you cheating? What other 
advice do you have for folks when you talk about, you know, like if you squeeze your butt cheeks, then you can get the diaphragmatic support, which allows you to do, like what other advice would you give to singers like that? I think one of the main things I see uh, kids do is not opening their mouth enough because it's, you want to be cute, right? When you sing, but you don't, don't, that's not the, that's not the key. You need to, the, for the sound to come fully from you, from your, your insides, if you give them a little hole to come out of, it's constricted, you know? So opening your mouth actually also opens the back of your, that throat. It's also going to open the, the, the whole cavity where the sound needs to trans, it needs to, to, to go through that. So, so, uh, I'm, I'm just that one trick when I tell ladies, um, open your mouth. Open your mouth. Don't be afraid of it. And not tense it, but like, you know, open your mouth and drop, drop the jaw back. Not like, this can't be, all this can't be tense or you're, you're screwing up. So it's got to be, uh, and letting that tongue drop down and feeling that air grow from the back of your throat over your tongue. You know, and, and these kind of things, they will eventually come naturally if if you're working with yourself, you start feeling that out yourself. You can feel it. You can like, oh, wait, oh, how'd I do that? And, you know, it, it happens sort of uh, organically if you're working and feeling and paying attention to what's going on in your throat. Do you have any other advice? That's fantastic. Oh, I mean, shoot. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's a technical vocal, you know, thing. The other thing I do tell people is warming up is, 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 uh, is key. And, and most people warm up wrong. So, you know, if you try to learn to to warm up uh, uh, slowly enough, give yourself the right amount of time with warm-ups and warming up with uh, starting with hums, especially if you got to wake up in the morning and you haven't spoken a word, you know, just hum, but hum properly. Don't. There, there's a way to hum that folks don't do, and that is how should they do it? Well, you have you. Most people, you ask them to hum, and they just they close their mouth and they start. Mm, but no, your your teeth have to be apart, have to be separated, and you close your lips over the closed teeth, and then you hum, and then you feel the buzz in the front cavity of your mouth. Do you, you feel your lips buzzing? So if your teeth open. You get the buzz. You close, you say, mm, mm, it's back there. It's, it's all. Right, I feel that right. in my throat. Exactly. But when the teeth are separate, I feel it in my nose, in, your, that's, in the front okay. of my mouth. All of that right there is, is going to open up the, the the apparatus that you need. Mm, it's going to get everything. Now your, your, your vocal cords are vibrating mm, more. Everything. I feel that mm. in my throat. Yeah, so you should feel it. You should be, mm, I feel the buzz, but I also feel my... My, I feel my vocal cords vibrating, so that the, the overnight mucus, or you know. So that's what you do every morning, that humming. Yeah, I have to, you know. It's, it's, and I, of course, if I have a show, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like a, a four-hour warm-up. Shaka don't warm up at all, but you know. Shaka <laughs> don't warm up. Shaka at don't all. warm up. At all. I warm up. You know, I know. It's you my, warm up for four hours. Yeah, easily. I, you know, for I start humming, humming, and then I'll sing. I had Tony Braxton on this show, and I said, um, we talked about, I can't remember, yeah, this talked about, like, how, how many times you do that song? Oh, we sang it through twice. I'm like, oh, yeah. what? She's, you mean like Unbreak in my the heart. studio? Unbreak, the studio. unbreak my heart. She's right. like, you know, you know, we went to, um, went to his house, 
And we ran it down once. Yeah. And that was enough. And he said, do it one more because Dionne Warren just walked in. Diane Warren just walked She's in. Right, do right, it one right, more time. Do that for her, but, right. but the first time we did it. That's why. And, and do you warm up for the state? No. No. See, but yeah. it's a church background. It's yeah, like we're always ready to it's go. Different. It's a different background. Church background is a wholly different, you know, and I'm coming from, you know, a scholastic <laughs> background. Right. You know what I mean? I went to arts, I went to Booker T. Washington in Dallas. You know, I went to college, I was a music scholarship from opera background. So it's like a discipline that I, uh, that I keep up. And like I said, people have to pull me out of that. You know, we've done songs, a um, um, uh, couple of songs I did, which ended up being people's favorite songs of mine. One is called Knocked Up and Locked Down, and another one is called Dizzy. Both of those songs, so Mac, Mark Batson produced Knocked Up and Locked Down, and he was playing keyboards on Dizzy. Ty Macklin produced that. That session had... Uh, v. Jeffrey from Family Stan playing horn, Donald Byrd playing horn, Roy Ooh. Ayers doing Ooh. solo, Questlove on drums, Ooh. Artie Reynolds on uh, on bass. It was a silly session. So, but we wanted to do that session um, all together, like an old school, you know. So we were, like, went to Lecture Lady, we booked a room. D'Angelo was doing voodoo in the other room, <laughs> so it was like it was a nice vibe in, in that spot that day. But I had a cold. Okay, so I have to show up and say, but, you know, we're all doing it together so we can feel each other while we're recording. And so they say, yo, Sam, just get in there and just, you know, put your, just put the rough down, sing along while they playing. And I did, but I had a cold. Ended up being the vocal on the records. People like, that's dumb. I'm like, no, please. I was sick. I was sick and I, I could do so much better than sick. that. I could do, right. So, I mean, but I've had that and I've had them. that, you know. Hmm? But you sound great to them. Clearly, so you know th- that if it if if it works, it works. It is kind of it. It is what it is. What let's talk about the business. Yes. How do you make it in the business? It's a whole. Everybody's got a different path, especially now. It used to be maps. The maps have all been burned, darling. So, um, yeah, you can go the influencer route. You can go the. Uh, the social media darling route, you can do go the total independent route. It, all, all of it eventually has to be social media. But back in the day, we had record labels that took care of everything for us, right? Right. Or, well, that was they were supposed to. So take care of marketing, promotion, distribution, uh, videos, you know, advances, make sure the artist is living, you know, surviving. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have that. There's, we, I mean, those like that that. That uh, 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 iteration of the labels does not exist anymore. Labels basically, they, they're all scouts at this moment. Right now, if, we, if you as an artist, if you need to make it, you almost, you pretty much, across the board, you need to build up your own um, standing first. You need to build up your own clout, get your own following, get make it happen. Right. And then they'll look at you. Right. Right? Um, the question is, of course... Um, is it what 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 was behind all that? Were were you a working musician before? Where have you been? You know, grinding for years, trying to get something, and now you're trying to get into the new world. Or are you just somebody that that just oh, I can do this on so I'm a, I'm gonna be a star. <laughs> so so you want to you know okay, you can do that too. Um, but the 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 main the main focus of anybody that's uh, I think right now. Is don't try to don't try to emulate folks. Don't try to emulate other people's paths, because with the path, 
that worked mm-hmm. for Lizzo is totally different than the path that worked for Lil Nas X. And it's totally different from the path that, you know, uh, that uh, the, the Billie Eilish came out. You know, I mean, there's all of these different ways of doing it. And the only one that's going to work for you is the one that you came up with. Mm-hmm. The one that, okay, taking all of that into account and the knowledge that you see around you about seeing the experiences, take all that. i say, so... What? Who am I? Okay, I can learn from that. I learn from that. But I will have to be me, mm. at some sort of way. And that, those are the things that cut through. All those artists I just mentioned found a thing that was specifically and uniquely them. Why men great till they gotta be great? That, that's such a thing. I was like, <laughs> why didn't I think of that? Lizzo has done a fantastic job of bringing the past back. In a modern flavor. A totally modern flavor. It's amazing. And I've been watching her for a couple of years, you know, on on, uh, on Twitters. And I'm like, she's funny. She's dope. But she's just, um, and it, it, hey, consistency. Got to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Got to be, got to, got to be consistent with your brand, with your, with uh, is the 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 amount of interaction you're having. Mm. It's got to be a job. And mm. you got to commit to that job. You got to commit to the hours that you have to put in to to make make the posts, make the make the make the the visuals. And uh, you also have to make the money. I remember Nas, not Lil Nas X, Nas once Nas. told me the label owes me somewhere between five and ten million dollars. And I said, hold up, that's a gigantic range. You don't know where in that range. No, he doesn't. No, because we're not accounted to. No, and mm. and people don't understand that. Somebody explained to me this way: getting paid as an artist is like this. Your job pays the bank, sends your check to the bank, and then the bank tells you how much your job paid them, <laughs> and you don't really you don't. know. I don't really know. I don't know. You don't I really mean, know how. You don't really know how many records you sold. No. So you don't really know how many, and they never let you look at the books. Oh no. Which is insane. We're in a business relationship. Can right. I look at your accounting? No, absolutely no. not. No. Never. No. Like that's but, insane. That's insane. Is uh, this whole? This whole. But that's how it goes. This business model is insane, and that's why. How do you survive uh, it? This business model. Yeah. You, barely. Okay. So you, yo, listen. Um. This is what Prince fought against. This is what George Michaels was trying to fight against. What do they both have in common? Anyway, so um, mm. they they were really trying to. They you see the model. Every record contract with an artist is unfair. Every one of them. All other mediums, uh, uh, authors, visuals. You you lease. You just you release. You license your works. We're just supposed to give you our stuff in perpetuity, you know, and you let us know what you want us to know about what you made on it. And that's what that is. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, 
I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash Toray. Thrivemarket.com slash On March 16th, 2000, two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta. Jamil Alamin, a Muslim leader and former black power activist, was convicted. But the evidence was shaky, and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial. My name is Mosi Secret, and when I started investigating this case in my hometown, I uncovered a dark truth about America. From Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Been this business model since the beginning of time. So now with 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 streaming, we thought maybe, you know. Maybe we got a shot to fix. No, because the streaming services are aligned with the labels, with, you know, really hiding from us. The labels bought them. They bought them. It's just, it's all, it's baby's bottom line. So, so, so now we can't, you're telling me people that had, you know, that had a million, two million streams, they got what, how much did you get? I mean, if they're hiding the accounting from not just you, not just Nas, but Prince, Madonna, everybody, then y'all must be making more than they are telling you. Oh, I guarantee you. you. Oh, I guarantee you. There are, there, all of us, if you've ever had hits, okay, there is money out there that you do not know about. And you can go, go about looking and trying to find out and trust, I am doing that. <laughs> but How? I'll trust. Yeah, no. I have my ways. Okay. But no, you have to, you know, you really just have to go out and look for it. There are different services and that sort of thing, but you have to be, you have to be in a position and have people around you that are smart, that, that are respected, which, you know, is what I've garnered right now. The, uh, that will, that know how to confront the powers that be and say, yo, listen, we know that uh, A, B, and B and didn't equal C and where's the, you know, so we not asking to see your books, but certainly saying, listen, I'm in a position right now because I am, you know, in a position that I haven't been in in a while with these powers that be to say, listen, we could do this or we could do that you know, with this so you can get with that. So it was like and um, and that's what we're going to do. And, and everybody's again, everybody's situation is going to be different. But you can't, you will, they, they're not just going to, uh, they're not going to open up the books and let you see what they haven't been paying. What is something that artists who are young, young, or people who are not in the business do not understand about the business and making it? Yeah, I think you you have kids that think, that don't, um, Take the the word business in that phrase uh, seriously enough, and then I think you have uh, kids that think the business is everything. Neither of those is true. Okay, it has to be a balance, and you have to be you have to spend um, equal time with them both. 
the the that ten thousand hour rehearsal thing mm-hmm. that we used to say is a practice for ten thousand before before you become really good. I would say that's still in play. So you do your ten thousand hours, right? Make make sure you you, you your art is straight. You know what I mean? Make sure you're you're coming with something real uh, that you believe in and that you can sustain. Not a one hit, but that you can sustain. Uh, but then, yeah, the business has to come in. You got to figure out, okay, how do I, how do I, how, how do I parlay this, 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 this piece of you know art that I've created into two dollars and cents, um, and that's where you 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 really need to have studied up on um, your social media and that uh, how to how to make a post that you know that 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 gets enough attention and how you get your clicks and. There's so many ways to go about that that I I am not, you know, I'm not trying to say I'm adept at, you know, but I do see other people do it. I do see people see other people do it, and then yo know, on on a very very real tip, uh, Ray, you know that luck plays a huge part in this still. Mm. You know, right place, right time, right person, right eyes. You know, right eyeballs, right right ass and seat, right. You know, it just plays a very big part of it. Everybody that's crazy talented ain't going to get it, okay? Everybody that's just grinding, just grinding, into you know, on a daily ain't going to get it. So if you have both of those things and you figure them out and you're popping and you ain't, you don't, you don't um, but without that, that one or a few things that luckily happen, that fall into place. Who knows? Prince used one of your songs five of them five of them (laughs) and you know there's so many instances of him writing for other people Mm -hmm. and he was so prolific (laughs) i mean what is that about it's about a lot of things i mean this guy is so crazy crazy what it was talent so crazy talented and he just, he would write forever. I mean, he has, come on, man, got a vault. You know, I'm in the vault. I'm in the Prince vault right now. He just, he, he any opportunity he had to vibe with somebody, he would do it. And, and, and even without somebody, he was just always creating dope shit, right? Everybody's hit or miss, all right? But um, so the, the, the fact that we started working together on my first solo record, is mm-hmm. what it, what it, what that was. We started working together, and he had a totally different idea about what my record should be than I did, and um, it was so. T- I mean, it was just really the antithesis of what I wanted my project to be. You know, I'm not. I wasn't ready to put on lingerie and <laughs> and, and be a sex shooter. <laughs> no, so. <laughs> You know, it's like if I can't shoot you sexually with my lyrics, I'm not, I'm not going to show you through my lingerie. <laughs> but it was kind of like it, almost almost that, you know, what he wanted me to do. But then the songs that, you know, he dug of the ones that I'd already written, you know, he said, okay, well, you know, I will take those, but we're going to do the other songs too, but let's take these and, and, and kind of rework them so they all fit together. And that's what, the other what was it like working with him? Um, well, it's it's an experience that I can't forget. I mean, the brothers. He's quiet, but he's funny. He's um, he, he's he's a Gemini, mm-hmm. you know. So 
you can get one side or the other, right? You know? So you, if you get the one that's talkative and, and willing to just parlay with, we really just go back and forth with you. That's a beautiful experience. If you get that that really quiet one and you don't know where his head is, that's a whole nother thing. And, um, and uh, But in my career, being able to say that, you know, yeah, you know, Prince, the way he speaks of us, family stand, uh, and, you know, me in particular, it's amazing that he he thought it was that, you know? He was thought it was it was enough, it was cool enough. I mean, musically speaking, being in the studio, in the moment with him, I mean, imagine it's like playing basketball with Michael Jordan. Well, yeah. <laughs> I would, yeah, because he is, yeah, he is like the Michael Jordan of our, yeah, he, he, he's a, he called himself Acme. Um, Acme, because I asked him, so how how are we going to, you know, at the beginning of the process, I like to really be free to express. I'm not a musician, right? I'm a singer. I play piano, but I wouldn't play it in front of him. So, but, you know, his his respect level, um, I would, I, I'm, I guarantee his respect level for musicians is higher than his respect level for singers. Mm. Okay. <laughs> but, so, um that he he gives you a, a certain amount of rope, you know, but at the end of the day, I said, are we talking like, you know, you're like a Kenmore? Because he says, I said, how do you like to work? He said, like in a vacuum. And I said, we're talking Kenmore or Acme? And he said, Acme. <laughs> oh, okay. So it, 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 does, it does sort of limit uh, what I can hand to him right now. But I will say that all of the studio stuff, I mean, the all of the writing process with him was beautiful. Uh, I had most of my stuff was pretty much done, to, so I'm basically listening to what he's adding to it at the bottom line. Uh, but after that, um, he's a he's an interesting animal, you know. So, yeah. Even after that, I get I would get one one end of the or the other of of Prince's Gemini vibes. Do you have a Prince story? Uh Wow. Okay. <laughs> Lollipop man. Okay. Well, I, I mean the the one you know the one I'm actually I'll tell this one. Okay. So so uh, I hadn't seen him in a while, and um, you know we had to, we'd already decided we weren't going to do that album together. And you know he doesn't he notoriously does not like to be touched. Okay. And he was I remember being at a, a, I was out doing like a red carpet somewhere in New York, some show. And I was walking down the aisle and I saw in principles up in his, which is entourage behind. And I was like, oh, shoot, I'm, I'm, I'm getting behind the line. I'm getting out the way, you know. And he's coming through and people are like trying to, you know, reach him and stuff. And he's, you know, he's got his dark glasses on and he walks past me and then he stops and he came back and he came over and reached through somebody to grab my hand look over his glasses and, you know, hey, you know, and give me the wink and the nod. And so for me, that tells me that even though I decided I did not want to work with him, you know, which is maybe if you can some piece, some people's minds a mistake. I still don't think so. That uh, he respected me and understood what I did and why I did it. That, that made me feel right. Why did you say no? Because he was acme. 
He did not. He did not want to um, not make me this this sex shooter person on the album as an artist. Um, Yeah, there was there was the the main lyric I come I come up with was my song. My my the title of my album was Sanctuary. Sanctuary. Okay. I had taken pictures in Jamaica at a church and it wasn't about it wasn't God. I mean it wasn't like religion sanctuary. It was spiritual, you know, spiritual sanctuary. It was like I would call it a sexual sanctuary, but it was sanctuary. Blending of those things, love and 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 you know, and the spirit. So that's where I was coming from, this whole image of the joint. And he but he wanted me to do some more blatant sexual kind of things. Um, and one of the songs, which I don't remember the title of, but I do remember this lyric because that's the one that made me throw the paper up. Because it was, you be the car, I be the gas. You be the, uh, you be the car, I be the gas. You be the water, I be the grass. And I said, I can't. I, I am unable to sing that lyric, sir. Why not? Dude. He has a lot of nastier lyrics than that. That ain't even nasty. It's just dumb. I don't mind nasty. Oh, it's too dumb for it was you. Dumb. I I, th- I thought you were saying it's too sexual. You just oh hell no. no. You just it's oh, just dumb. Hell no. That's I just mean, not your best. It was dumb. I mean, it's not even his. It's definitely not his best. I mean, come on. I got a song that says I'll make you come over and over. I'm not. It's you know. I have a song called Wet. You know. It's like I'm not. I'm good. I'm good about that. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm clear on that. But I just I you don't. write a song every day. Some of them are going to be bad. No, right. So why I don't want this one, bro? Give me another one. What else? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you wrote one every day. Give me a different one. Give me a different one. Yeah, I mean, come on. How many songs did you write today? This one you sending me for real? So like, I, can't, I, I was just unable. So I mean, that that's that sort of thing where if I if I'm not able to 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 produce uh, to do that half of the album that he wanted me to do, it, it was just an issue. Thanks to Sandra for a great interview, and thanks to you for listening. Toray Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality, and this show can help. I'm on Twitter at Toray and on Instagram at Toray Show. Please leave a review on iTunes. It really helps. And tell your friends about the show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Jackie Garifano. Our editor is Ryan Woodhall, and our photographers are Chuck Marcus and Shonda Covington. We're distributed by DCP Entertainment, and we will be back next Wednesday with another amazing guest, because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. 
Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.